glad that we are in the sermon. Well, it's not really a series. It's kind of like a two-part journey. <laughs> we, call, we won't call it a series. It's just a, to be continued from last week. So previously on Unison. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> last week we were talking about physical health. Um, and physical fitness. And we're talking about, I'm being honest about the fact that the Bible doesn't really have anything explicitly to say about physical health. And that's okay for us to know that. It's good for us to embrace that truth. Today is very much the same. Uh, we'll be in Psalm 42. So that's where we'll actually will be today. The title of the sermon is Fortified. All right. right? So last week we were talking about physical health and fitness this week, we're talking about mental and emotional health. I think as the church, there's a wide range of ways in which we as believers start to think about and process mental health and emotional health. And to be honest, growing up in the church, many, not everybody's story is this, but I grew up in a Christian home. And growing up in a Christian home, as it related to the idea of mental health and emotional health, it was just pray, <laughs> right? You struggling, just pray. Oh, you, you feeling down? Go fast, <laughs> right? And here's what I will never say. You'll never hear me say that prayer and fasting and scripture and intimacy with God are not parts of the puzzle in having health, stabilized mental health and emotional health, but it is a part of the puzzle. And sometimes that part is really the most significant part. And that's okay for us to know too. Sometimes a part of what we're dealing with, we really do just need to spend some time with the Father. But it's also okay for us to acknowledge that many and sometimes even most times, that's an ingredient in the recipe. It should never be left out, but it doesn't have to be the only thing we do as believers. And I think that's the point of talking about this kind of thing as a church family is to encourage us to recognize that the Father provides all that we need, even as it relates to mental and emotional health. But that provision isn't just in my prayer closet. Sometimes that provision he has provides in the community in which I'm engaged. And so we're talking about that kind of thing today. Um, so even from the beginning of Scripture, there is... You guys, okay, y'all need a little bit? Y'all good back there? No? Okay. Um, so no worries. In the beginning of... Yeah, actually, Rachel, if you don't mind helping, that would be excellent. Um, so... As early as Deuteronomy, we hear this concept, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul and your strength, right? That's back in Deuteronomy. Back in Deuteronomy, they are not just affirming their holistic love for God. They are challenging and encouraging one another as they've come out of slavery to devote themselves completely. And the way in which they describe their whole self is with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And some of you already know that there's a word that's missing there. If you read in Deuteronomy, it actually only says those three, but Matthew, when Jesus is asked, 
What's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So somewhere between Deuteronomy and Matthew, there was this evolution of how we see our whole self. That's an important thing for us to point out. It's not because the biblical writers didn't know how to quote stuff, right? It's because there was an evolution of how the children of Israel, then Jews, began to relate their whole self to God. And the important part to point out is there's an evolution in that for us, too. We've evolved in how we understand our whole self. And sometimes when we start talking about mental health and emotional health, we talk about it as, from a scriptural standpoint, we talk about it as though there's been no evolution. I want to point out even in the Bible, there's an evolution as to how we see our whole self. So it's okay to know that since the New Testament was written, there's been more understanding, evolution, and we don't need to discredit that evolution because even the Bible doesn't discredit change and how we see our whole self. Those are important things when we start talking about mental health because some of us don't want to, we don't even want to look at the science that has happened over the last 50 years as it relates to how we understand our minds. But God has provided that for us for a reason. And I want to see all of God's provision for my health and my wholeness. I think it's important for us to say out loud before we move forward, I am not a psychologist, fam. <laughs> okay? I'm not a psychologist. Being able to understand the nuances of mental health and emotional health, and honestly, even physical health, require years of study. That's not my job. And I'm okay staying in my lane. But it is my lane for us as a family to be able to take a hold of what God has provided for us, for our whole selves, and for us as a family to know I can step into this and trust God with this part of me too from not just a, a uneducated space, but also a fully functioning, educated space where I'm trusting God with all of it. So I want to read a couple of quotes to you. The first one is um, from Pyramid Healthcare, and it's really talking about the difference between mental health and emotional health. So this quote says, part of mental health is how well your mind processes and understands information and experiences. In contrast, Emotional health involves your ability to manage and express the emotions that arise from what you've learned and experienced. So just to kind of paraphrase that, our mind, how, how we understand, how we interpret what our experiences are, emotions are how we deal with those emotions. There's lots of bleed and blend, right? I get that because part of it has to do with the experience part of it. But it's good for us to understand those little nuanced differences because sometimes I need to cultivate emotional health and sometimes I need to cultivate mental health. This quote rocked my socks, fam. This one right here is from Peter Schizero. He wrote a book called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. It is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. 
I'm going to just say that one again, okay? Christine, say, say that one again for, for the people in the back. <laughs> it is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. We have to let that kind of thinking sit in because sometimes some of us are experiencing dry spells in our discipleship and our spiritual maturity. And it's because the Holy Spirit is like, we'll get to that when you get to that. (laughs) I want you to mature a little bit emotionally. I can't have you being emotionally unstable in the space of authority that I want you to be in because then you'll start calling down stuff that I don't want down there. That's just me. (laughs) that's just me some of us are wondering why don't I have any authority to call out things and to bind things in the heavenlies and a part of that is simply because you refuse to move into emotional maturity and that's because we haven't been encouraged to don't take that as a condemning statement we haven't been encouraged to as a church we haven't been encouraged to cultivate mental health so why would we expect that that would be a motivation of ours. Let us be encouraged to cultivate that in us because we can't be fully mature spiritually if we are not emotionally mature. We can't be. So that's some foundational stuff. I told you before, scripture doesn't speak explicitly at all to the idea of mental and emotional health. It just doesn't. But just like it, what we talked about last week, there are some things that are some clear pictures of it and some ways in which we can process it from a big picture, broad stroke idea. So I'm going to read something to you. It's Psalm 42. We're just going to go through the whole psalm. I'm going to try not to stop. Y'all know how I like to stop and like expound. I'm going to try not to. But the whole point, I want you to, I want you to, even if you close your eyes and just listen, I want you to experience this as David is writing it. Psalm 42 says, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in you, God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged. But I will remember you even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan from the land of Mount Mizar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves are and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours out his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying and to God who gives me life. Oh, God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? You must, why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God.
many of us are familiar with the first verse in that. As the deer, you can even like saying, as the deer panted for the water, so my soul longs for thee. Like I even like that's that that song. I remember worshiping God with that song. And this is not to take away that moment, but it is to say that it continues and there's a roller coaster. (laughs) I love how incredibly vulnerable David is in this song. And there is clear tension and ebb and flow and God, I love you. And why am I so discouraged? And God, you're so awesome. And I'm so oppressed by my enemies. And I remember how it used to be. Why can't it be the way it used to be? But God, you're so big. But Lord, I feel so discouraged. What is happening with me? Listen, fam, if David a man after God's own heart, the most cherished king of Israel before Jesus hit the scene. The people we keep pointing, we, the person we keep pointing Jesus back to, right? We call him son of David. We, call, we talk about his kingship as that of David. David is experiencing the roller coaster of what it is to navigate emotional health. I know the Bible doesn't say that, and I'm not trying to throw something into it, but if you've lived long enough to experience, I want to trust God fully, but I'm also remembering how it used to be. I want to trust God fully, but I'm still feeling discouraged. God, you're actually making ways, so why why don't I feel good about it? That's a piece of the puzzle. The Bible isn't going to say anything explicitly about mental and or emotional health because that's not how they were thinking then. But the results of or the fruit of the challenge of that roller coaster is all through the Bible. David is not unfamiliar with the idea of the roller coaster, a part of how David met the first king, Saul we can attribute to a mental health crisis in David or in Saul's life. If you remember that story in Samuel, some of you have read through, the, through Samuel, Saul went crazy. <laughs> I know that's not, a, that's not a term that psychologists would use, but I'm not a psychologist, so Saul went crazy. <laughs> Look, Hey, you got it. Thank you. I am not a psychologist, fam. (laughs) So I get to say Saul went crazy. (laughs) And the way that they describe that in Scripture is God sent Saul a tormenting spirit. But ultimately, it might be described as paranoid schizophrenia if it was 2022. Saul was paranoid out of his mind. Literally, paranoid, out of his mind. Saul wasn't the only one who began to experience that. There were other kings that began to experience that. Here's what I'm saying. It's in there. I'm not saying it as a condemning thing. The scripture don't speak exactly to how we call it, but it's in there. Human beings have been navigating the challenges of mental and emotional health from the beginning. We just have. 
And if we don't see that, then we miss the opportunity to also see how God can give us peace in the process. And so I want you to see this picture. I told you I'm not a psychologist, but a part of my role as in our community is to help us also understand and cultivate soul health, yeah. right? That's a part of what I do. Uh, and so I wanted us to see just an image. I was talking with a younger believer some months ago, and we were talking about how it is that we actually cultivate soul health. And I think oftentimes we're only taught when it comes to soul health, read your Bible. All about that. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Pray. We'll talk about that in a moment. Get in your closet and pray. Every morning, wake up, get on your knees and pray. And when you're feeling down, pray. And that is good. Those are things that are important. I'm going to tell you what that cultivates. But ultimately, when we think about our soul, we need to think about the, our soul as the very core of who we are. The soul, even when we talk about in Scripture, it honestly, Scripture uses the word heart, soul, and even sometimes spirit interchangeably. So a way, this is not the way for us to think about this. It's a way. Right? It's a way because we often need tools to process how I make myself holy, or excuse me, how I make myself healthy. And so the soul sits at the very core of who we are. And I like to think of it like a spark or a battery. It in of itself does hold some strength and some fortitude for us. But it is also fed by a healthy mind, a healthy body, and a healthy and healthy emotions, right? And a part of how our soul begins to get tired or weary is when there's unresolved conflict in one of those other parts of who I am. So if I'm plagued in my mind, can't figure something out, Something's not resolving in how I navigate the experiences of my life. And I go through that for years. My soul, the very core of who I am, is tired. Some of us have lived long enough to experience that. If I have unresolved conflict in my emotions, how I deal with the feelings that I have about what I've experienced, and it's not resolved Year after year, my soul, the very core of me is zapped. If I have something like fibromyalgia, some of us know what fibromyalgia is. It is a pain in your body that doctors still completely don't know exactly what triggers it and what starts it. And if it's, if it's genetic, or if it's, though it's mostly women, men experience it sometimes too. But ultimately, that person experiences unresolved pain in their body that has nothing to do with bumping their knee or smashing their toe on a chair. It doesn't go away. years. And then they get medications that cause other side effects that also impact their bodies. Unresolved. It zaps your soul. The whole function of the soul is 
When, I don't, when I'm experiencing some conflict in a part of myself, that is where I get some additional strength for, from, right? There was, a, there was a time, honestly, this is, not a, this is not a lie or a trick or I'm not exaggerating at all. We had moved into a new house when I was a kid. And I was like a little bit of a Bible nerd even when I was a kid. And I was, I was putting together my bed and somehow I got trapped under my bed. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. I literally, I think like, how in the world were you trapped under the, like the mattress and the box spring were on top of me and I was not strong enough to push it out and nobody else was in the house. So I'm like, ah. So I had to be like 13, 14 years old. And I was like, Lord, give me the strength of Samson. I promise I'm not, I'm not lying. I told you I was a Bible nerd even when I was a kid. Like, so I'm like, I had tried before and I asked God to give me strength and then I got from under the bed. Why am I saying that? Can I call it a miracle? Sure. But there's something that's inside of us that activates when a part of us is weaker. That's kind of the function of the soul. The function of the soul is to step in when my emotions are all over the place to bring some steadiness there. That's that battery part. But if nothing ever resolves in the emotions, soul is that. Right? So at some of us, at our very core, we're living exhausted. But it's not because God has abandoned us. It's because we're not living, perhaps, in the function of what a soul does. A soul is a backup energy for my mind, my emotions, and my body. And I need to cultivate health and stability there. Well, Chase, what happens when I don't, when I can't cultivate emotional and mental health or physical health? Good question. Because some things are literally not resolvable. They're just not. And that's okay for us to know. That shouldn't make us hopeless. It should make us educated. Some things are not going to resolve. And that is when, that's where that spirit part lies in. If you look at that soul, that little image for soul, there's two parts. That dark blue part at the top, we'll call that your soul. And your spirit sits right in the center of that. This is a way of thinking, not the way, a way of thinking about it, right? Your spirit, the part of you that is connected to creator God, the part of you that, that it bypasses your body, your emotions, and your mind, and goes straight to the creator, that part, once we also are intentional about spending time in prayer, Spending time in intimacy with God, spending time in fasting, spending time with communion with the spirit and with the community and the body of Christ. That part of me is also strong. This is a part of the difference when we talk about what it's like to live a life in Christ and outside of Christ. When my spirit is alive, I have something to fortify my soul When my mind, my body, and my emotions are out of whack, something fortifies my soul. 
And it's that part of who I am. When that part of who I am is offline or not alive, nothing's fortifying my soul and my body is zapped, my soul is zapped, which then begins to plague my mind and my emotions are all over the place. When my spirit is in alignment with God, this is a way of thinking about it. When my spirit is in alignment with God, my soul is fortified, and then whatever's happening in my mind, in my body, in my emotions has additional strength. That's a way of thinking about it. The only reason I'm pushing it that hard is because I'm telling you the fruit of that way of processing positions us to not ignore our emotions, but when something cannot be resolved, I know I got backup. There's some things in our lives that clockwork. If we've experienced significant loss of a family member, every time their, their, their birthday comes around, our emotions are all over. It's, that's life. What do you have fortifying your soul so that when my emotions are all over, I'm not, though I'm not living in the wave of that. Some things in our bodies will not be resolved. So, if I don't have anything fortifying my soul, when my body is out of whack and my emotions get in, then I potentially start binge eating because I'm just trying to satisfy this body that's asking for something, but it doesn't even, it can't be resolved. Fam, this is why we've got to think about all of who we are. And even from the first time God pulled the, the Israelites out of Egypt, he was telling them, you have a whole self that needs cultivating. Love me with your whole self. Don't just say love me. There are parts of who you are that I want to be dedicated to. There are parts of who we are that need cultivating. Our mental and our emotional health, we oftentimes as believers just don't want to process. But I'm telling you, it's a part of how God has designed us to function. And when we do function that way, when we do, does that mean we never have problems? No. There's too many portions of Scripture that talk about God being with us in our problems. So that means we're still going to have them, <laughs> right? That's okay. That's not the point. The point is, when they do arise, I have something fortifying my soul, which is the backup for my mind and my emotions and my body. Mental and emotional health support soul strength. They support soul strength. If I'm caring for my mind, then when my soul gets pulled somewhere else, I can resolve things in my mind and then also allow my soul to be replenished. And then it can do its job when it needs to next week. Right? Because there's a roller coaster. David. Like, that's the reason why I read Psalm 42. So we have a healthy expectation. That should be our life. It should be our life that I remember how hard things are and I remind myself of how good God is. 
That should be my life. But that comes from a well-maintained spirit that then for it, that's fortifying my soul. David isn't struggling in his faith. He's living it out. He's not struggling. He's living it out. That's what this is. I should expect to get weary. Mental and emotional health support my soul's strength. And so I need to cultivate that. Here's the kicker that some of us may not have heard. Counselors are our friends. <laughs> Counselors are our friends. Counselors are our friends that may feel elementary and it may, and I, and the, I, I truly hope it's not condescending, but it is something that we have to, as a body of believers, say out loud God can and will perform miracles in our lives, but most times his strategy is to provide in his creation and it is few times where he bypasses creation to super to do supernatural things right he could fill our stomachs when we're hungry but it is his regular pattern to provide food he could heal me of my mental illness but it is, it is his regular pattern to position me in creation to experience wholeness in mental illness. So counselors are a part of creation. Counselors are a part of God's will for my mental health. And if I ignore them saying God's going to do it, then I'm missing the opportunity to receive the provision of God. Just like sitting at the dining room table waiting for my stomach to be miraculously filled. Just because God can doesn't mean that's his plan today, fam. And if he has provided for us, shame on us for believing that I'm deserving of something different. That is that scripture, don't think more highly of yourself than you should. You ain't that different. <laughs> Look, okay, everybody's special, but you ain't that unique. <laughs> more story also about my, my weirdness. There was a time in a... And this was back probably, I was 28, and I, um, those of you who've been around me for a while, you know, I sing all day long. I love singing. Uh, like, I, I, there's times where I, I wonder if I annoy Christine with how loud I sing in the basement sometimes. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> So I had like two weeks long where my voice was just shot. And it didn't have a cause. I didn't know why it was, and I just, I, I couldn't speak. I couldn't sing well. It was just weird. And for a person like me, who literally sings all day long, when I lose my voice, I whistle. It's that deep, fam. It's that deep. And so I'm gone now two weeks without being able to sing. 
And I was getting on M6. I like I remember getting on M6 and I was like so frustrated. Like, God, you can split Red Seas, but you can't heal my voice. Like what's happening? And I remember the Holy Spirit saying, I gave you insurance. And I was like, dang, (laughs) dang. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And so I set up an appointment with my doctor and he prescribed this uh, saline spray for my nose, and literally the next day my voice was fine. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. The same thing is true in our emotional health, too. We've experienced some things in our past that cause us to have triggers to how things happen right now, and we might not be aware, and it's okay. Why am I blowing up about my children leaving the lights on? Perhaps cultivation of emotional health is needed right now. Not just building in your children the habit of turning lights off. Perhaps if you're blowing up about that, something in your childhood is dictating to you how you're responding today. And the Lord has provided counselors. See one and allow them to walk with you through cultivating that, so that your soul can be supported. Some of us are in, by the time October rolls around, we start to feel a dip. Some of you know. We start to feel lower than we were in July. It's called seasonal depression. It's a real thing. We can pretend it's not just because we know the Holy Spirit and we know the creator of all things, but pretending ain't going to keep it from happening in October. In October, some of us feel a dip. There are counselors and even physicians that can help you walk through that dip so that come next October, you're not anxious about feeling low. I'm not a psychologist, but I know some. And if anybody needs to be connected, it's a part of my job as a person who cares for our souls to help point you in the direction of someone that the Lord has provided to walk with you. I love pastoral counseling, but the reality is there's some things that's above my pay grade. And I'm okay. I'm humble enough to say, you are experiencing some things that I'm not quite equipped to navigate. Let me connect you with my sister here. She knows all about that. And she is not only anointed by the the God of all creation, she is also equipped to help you with that. This is how this should be for us. And guess what also? I will be praying with you. Because prayer is always, that's the plan A, B, C, D, all the way through Z. We're always going to pray for God, give the counselor the wisdom they need. (laughs) Right? Give the counselor the wisdom they need. I've actually started praying those kind of prayers more than asking God for miraculous things in people's mental health. Just being honest, you ever ask, if you call, if you text me, and like, I'm experiencing some anxiety and depression, 
I'm going to pray for you. But one of the things I'm also praying is give them the humility to seek help and give that counselor wisdom. Because that is a part of God's plan for us in 2022. That's a part of his provision for us. And so, Father God, let's pray. Father, you have provided for us. And while scripture doesn't speak explicitly, it does implicitly talk about the roller coaster of emotion that is life. The roller coaster of mental health and emotional health. It is not as steady as we want it to be, even if we've been walking with you 50, 40, 30 years. It doesn't matter. It's up and it's down and it's all over the place. And there are times where literally we are drawn to a place where we cannot see, feel or experience life clearly. Sometimes that's temporary and sometimes that is just a part of chemicals in our body. Either way, you have provided for us resolution. And we receive it. We receive it. Make us humble to receive your provision. Fortify our souls. And give us grace to be wise in the cultivation of our mental, emotional, and physical health because of how you've designed these to work together. God, we don't want to just be memorizers of scripture. We want to surrender our whole self to you. And so God, in this moment, we declare boldly, we love you with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul and our whole strength, God. And may all of those things be parts of ourselves we're cultivating for your glory so that we can live the way that you described for us in Galatian chapter five, right at the end, that every part of ourself is led by your spirit. Every part of who we are is led by your spirit. There's things that we don't know, but you do. You see all things. Guide us. It's in faith that we will follow you. Guide us to what you have provided for us. And Lord, even as we as a church mature in our understanding of how to communicate about these things and talk about them and then lead into them, God, give us humility to not just say we already know, but to receive, God, how you are even stretching our understanding. Stretch my understanding, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.